there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you take some time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as our listeners would be edified. You notice we've got a little bit of a different change here. We don't have all the introductions and things going on. We've had a lot of problems here. Uh, people have hacked our uh, Facebook account. They have hacked and locked us out of our webpage. So we've got a lot of problems going on here. And so if you wouldn't mind keeping us in prayer and in thought, we would certainly appreciate that. You can still write us a letter at Post Office Box 33, Prague, Oklahoma, 74864. And we will be checking that mail uh, periodically. We certainly would appreciate any financial support you can help give us so that we may uh, go back to having those things uh, a lot of people went to the prayer list thing, and it's really disappointing to me that somebody would do that to us. But that's the world we live in, and that's just what we're going to have to deal with. So, actually, I've had a handful of listeners since day one have told me they kind of dislike the old simple way better. So maybe maybe that's what uh, the dear Lord's trying to tell us. But, uh, again, if your church would support us some way, somehow... Uh, that would be great. We would certainly write you back. If uh, you write us, we would do that. And uh, we certainly appreciate it. As you can tell, I'm a little lost for words there. But uh, we're going to talk today um, about a balm in, in Gilead. And we're going to be basically in Jeremiah chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to follow along and listen as we go through it. Um, anybody would tell you can't find that in the Bible, I would run away from as quickly as possible uh, because it is in the Bible, and that's what we're going to use today. So we're going to talk uh, really how Jeremiah is really my favorite book of the Bible um, overall, and I say that because it's so much us today. I mean, there's nothing that seems that's really changed. The applications out of Jeremiah are, are absolutely amazing. Uh, the comparison, and you're talking, you know, thousands of years and differences here. And so I really enjoy Jeremiah. I can relate to Jeremiah in many different ways. It's a very well-written book. You've heard me say this before, if you're a long-time listener, how... Uh, you can read the book or from Jeremiah's perspective, the, the people of Israel's perspective, the king, uh, or kings, I should say, and, of course, God's perspective. I mean, there's, so there are several angles that you can look at this book and study this book, and uh, the applications are probably really endless. To be honest with you, I could probably preach for years out of the book of Jeremiah. So, anyway, we're going to, to move on from that. This could be a two-part. I'm going to warn you up front. I haven't made up my mind. I never make up my mind until I kind of see where we're at on time and how things are going. So, a balm and Gilead, or Gilead, I'm not sure actually how it's pronounced. Everybody will have their own way of doing it, so it doesn't matter. Cancer is a very terrible and, and horrible disease. It just really... 
Uh, you know, I've lost family members from cancer, and, and it just slowly uh, destroys them and just kind of takes them. And um, this has probably impacted everybody listening in one way or another. Perhaps you're fighting it today, and I, I certainly hope that that's going well. There are countless doctors, scientists, people in labs. They're all searching for a cure for cancer. Now, well, they've made some really great strides in preventing cancer or slowing the disease down, in some cases uh, eliminating it, depending on what kind of cancer, of course. But let's imagine for a moment that uh, they created a pill that would simply just wipe out every cancer cell in your body, how many people uh, would go and ask for that preventative-type maintenance? I mean, would you even be willing to take a shot? If there was a 100% guarantee, there was no side effects, it would eliminate cancer, how many people would be lining at the door for that? You know, of course, I'm talking about a physical thing that can be deadly, slowly destroy your life but there's another thing that we really want to talk about of course that is our spiritual life and cancer is this uh, like sin it's just slowly eats away at your soul it slowly drags you further and further away from god uh, and before you know it you're pretty deep involved in it and you may not even recognize it at some point as it being sinful uh, that it's done this to you you know you can get addicted to drugs. You can get addicted to tobacco, alcohol, uh, gambling. There's a lot of list of things that you can get addicted to. But sin is very addicting. You have to ask yourself, why do we sin? Well, the short answer really is we like it. I mean, it's, that's why we do it. I don't know about anybody else that listens. But generally speaking, I don't do anything that I really don't like. This terminal disease has eternal consequences. The eternal consequences, of course, is being permanently separated from God. Now, I don't know, it sounds really terrible, and somebody's going to think, oh, I'm going to shut this off. This guy's going to talk nothing but bad. No, I'm not. There is a good side to this. And it won't cost you a thing but to listen for a few minutes here. And... It will increase your lifespan, I'm talking spiritually, for eternity, and that is the blood of Jesus. Sadly, many of us uh, have been offered this eternal cure, and many people just say no, no thanks. We have a lot of family members that probably uh, have gone that path, or they say not right now, that's not for me today. Uh, there's a lot of excuses or answers that we get uh, are here, and Christianity, even here in the United States, to our worldwide audience, I will tell you, uh, is not as popular as you think. I know a lot of people believe we are a Christian nation, and that, in my opinion, that's a lie. That's not true. We might have been at one time, but for the most part, we are not. We uh, overlook the Bible to be politically correct and try not make ways within our society or with the rest of the world or other religions. So this is not something new. This is something that has been going on for a long time. 
And this is the same issue with the people of Judah many, many years ago. And they are suffering greatly as we get into this text. They, they need a cure, and they had an unlimited access to it, just, just kind of like us, really. But they refused to take the medicine. But there was a, a bomb in Gilead, and that could have solved all their problems. Again, they refused that particular cure, that medicine. Uh, Gilead was in the mountains east of the ridge region there, east of the Jordan River. Uh, there was a rare medicine that pr uh, produced this. It was a tree. And this balm of Gilead, as it came to know, it was uh, an ointment. And it became a symbolic thing of power to soothe and heal uh, whatever was, you know, bothering their skins and their sores and whatnot. So, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22 says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no position there? Why, then, is it not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? It's kind of a rhetorical question, really, but there was a balm for God's people then, and there is one for us today. There is an old spiritual saying that goes along the lines of like this. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wound whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal sin, sick soul. So, if you're living with a spiritual disease that I speak of or been talking about for years, I, I want you to know that there is a cure. There is this unlimited supply. But this balm uh, will do if you, is amazing, but it will do no good if you refuse to accept it. And that is the truth of Christ, his gospel message, and the blood of Jesus. I want to look at this sinful condition of the people of Judah in the book of Jeremiah. Then I would like to go and look at our sinful state, yours and mine, our culture, the society that we live in today. And, and I want to show you that there is a cure for this disease. So again, let's look at these scriptures that, that talk about a balm in Gilead. And if you're sick and you're suffering physically, I certainly hope and pray that you would be healed, that God would help you with your doctors, medicine, whatever it is that you need healing. The full grasp of the extent of Judah's suffering, we're going to have to look again in Jeremiah, and we're going to back up a little bit into chapter 7. So excuse me, I think I told you chapter 8 a minute ago, but we're going to back up. At this time in history, Judah has turned away from God, and they have begun to worship false idols. And we have that same thing going on today. At one time, I knew the United States was very Christ-Christian-centered when I was a child. It had a lot more. Our churches or buildings were basically on every corner, and I realized that doesn't make people Christian or Christ followers. But today... Uh, those buildings are gone, been torn down or converted or whatever. Uh, and most people that I know in my immediate area really don't go to worship services anymore. Now, they might say they believe in God. They might claim to be Christian in one side of their mouth, but at the other side, they're doing many things openly and publicly that God would say, uh-uh, no, stop that. And that's exactly what's going on in the days of Jeremiah. And so, uh, again, in his great mercy, 
God has sent Jeremiah to the uh, temple uh, with a message for them. And the Lord is allowing them to repent, just like us today. He allows us to repent, that they could stay in their land, that they turned away from their idols and go back to the Lord God. And God had warned them not to be fooled by their lying prophets. Okay, we have a lot of that going on again today. We have a lot of lying prophets, and I would call them preachers or teachers. They really don't study the Word of God very deeply. Uh, It's amazing to me how many uh, different church groups, uh, denominations, whatever, have really turned into the political wind and have accepted things that they would have never accepted 10 years ago, 5 years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that folks that have simple lifestyles need to be turned away. Uh, But what I'm saying is they need to be prayed for. They need to be shown the truth of God's message. And a lot of this comes down to money. It comes down to prestige in the community. We have more people in our church building than you have in yours and so on. And so, in chapter 7, the Lord gives them this condition of his mercy. Verse 6 and says, If you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to hurt. Verse 7 says, Then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave your fathers forever and ever. See, this is another teaching. I like I said, I probably chase a lot of rabbits here. There's another teaching that goes on here in our world today. God made a promise to the Israelites to have the promised land, what we call Israel today. Uh, and there's always been conditions to that covenant. There always has been. And, and we don't talk about that because it's not politically correct necessarily. Uh, they don't continue to read. And people don't really... Uh, study the Bible for themselves. And I really encourage you, I want you to study it for yourself. You should have this desire deep down to really, truly get to know God on a very personal level. And I have lots of preachers who listen to this podcast, and I guarantee you they would tell you the same thing, that they need to be fact-checked. The truth is in the book. And you can do that. If they say, oh, well, God told me this, God told me that, and you're not going to find that in the Bible, run away. (laughs) Hide. Do not let those people in your world. And so these folks had been stealing. They had been murdering, committing adultery, telling lies, burning incense to Baal, and serving many other gods. Then they were going to go to the temple as though they were justified in doing so. Okay, we have that going on today. Uh, People lie, steal, murder, cheat, cheat on their spouses, lie to their spouses, uh, worship false gods. You know, that God could be money. That God could be uh, a family member. It could be anything that you put over God. And then you go to church and say, look at me. I'm, look how wonderful I am. And they felt safe and secure inside their temple. Many people feel safe and secure in their little church groups. And God says, they're dead wrong. Shame on you. And God will clarify 
that they're not going to escape his wrath by entering the temple. And he gives them this powerful example of the past, that the tabernacle and the ark had resided in a different place. It was not in Jerusalem for an extended period of time. Excuse me. The tabernacle and the ark uh, was in the hands of their enemy, the Philistines. And so the Philistines then took their land and, uh, and put the rest of their idols in that area. And the Lord says, same thing's going to happen to these people in his temple here. So verse 13 of chapter 7 is where I'm going to start. And because you have done these things, declares the Lord, and I spoke to you, speaking again and again, but you did not listen, and I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to the place which I gave you and your fathers, just as I did in Shiloh. Verse 15, I will hurl you out of my sight, just as I have hurled out all your brothers and the descendants of Ephraim. So in verses uh, 16 through 20, God really expresses his anger uh, to the prophet Jeremiah. And he speaks about these facts, that children were, would gather the wood of their fathers, would, would burn them in the sacrifices. The, the women would knead dough and to make bread cakes, and they offer them to the queen of heaven. And they considered the sun the king of heaven and the moon the queen. I mean, they have allowed all this false teaching to come into their, their lives, and they've accepted it. Uh, they did not reject it. Reject it. Now, Jeremiah 7, verse 20. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, my anger, my wrath will be poured out on this place, on human and animal life, in the trees of the field, and the fruit of the ground, and it will burn, and it will not be quenched. Okay, so let us pause here for just a moment and consider what we have just read and what we see in these verses. We see God is a long-suffering and merciful God. Time and time again, he sent word to his people. He warns them. He pleads with them to repent. He desires a, that they would turn away from their idols. And he longed for the day that they would return to him. Yet we, we also see a limit that has been placed on his mercy. He would not continue to plead with them forever. Instead, he's going to pour out his wrath upon them. After a certain period of time, he's going to say, I'm done, and the wrath of God is going to be revealed on them. And they will all go to captivity, be killed, their city of Jerusalem destroyed. Uh, the outlying areas would all be destroyed. And they didn't believe that would ever happen because the temple of the Lord was there. Now, you might be listening today, and, and perhaps you're living just like these people. Every day you live like the devil. Uh, you're a liar, you're a cheater, thief, homosexual practicer, adulterer, fornicator, worship idols, and you're living in open rebellion against God. And you know what his word says about these sinful acts that you're committing. And yet you, your church group, your denomination, your political views, whatever, accepts uh, everything except the truth of God's Word. Don't think for a moment 
that you are safe and secure just because you attend church, because you go to Sunday school, you say a prayer now and then, you open a Bible and read five minutes a week, five minutes a month, whatever, and you put very little of your resources and time and money into spreading the truth of the gospel. You're you're in debt to your eyeballs because of all your toys that you want to play with. And this is exactly what the people in the day of Jeremiah thought. This is what the Jews thought at that time frame. And they were wrong. And Jeremiah would tell them, because God is mentioning and talking all this through Jeremiah. They went through the motions. They attended the temple. They went to worship. They practiced and participated in the ceremonies that God had asked them to do. But notice here what Jeremiah says about their observances. Chapter 7, starting in verse 21. This is what the Lord of the armies of God of Israel says. And you burn offerings to your sacrifices and eat flesh. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them on the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them saying. Can okay, notice this. God is saying, I did tell them something, but... What you're doing is not what I asked. Verse 23, but this is what I commanded, saying, Obey my voice, and be, and I will be your God, and you will be my people, and you shall walk entirely in the way which I commanded you, so that it may go well for you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but they walked in their own advice and stubbornness of their evil hearts, and they went backward and not forward. Okay, so, you know, maybe you're, you're here today, you're listening, and maybe God has warned you. Somehow you know it's warnings from God, and he's asked you to repent, and, and he's called you to salvation, uh, to be an obedient uh, person to God. And I'm not saying being a Christian is easy. Uh, it is not a box of chocolates. It takes grit, it takes sand, it takes effort, it takes desires, and it takes uh, people around you also encouraging you to be faithful. And if you're surrounded yourself with people who are not doing those things, the odds are pretty high you're going to continue to walk in rebellion. Perhaps you're very aware of the sin in your life, just like the people of Israel in the day, uh, you will learn that you just cannot sin and continually get by with it. Eventually, it's going to get you. If you refuse to repent, there's disastrous consequences. And one day you're going to reach a place in your life where God's mercy will run out. And I know that's not popular teaching in our world today, but it's the truth, and that's what the Bible teaches And this is a perfect example in Jeremiah. God is trying to show mercy and compassion, forgiveness, all of that. But there is a a condition, you must do this, if not, time is running out. You know, the sands through the hourglass type thing. Eventually the sand will run out. The hourglass is going to have to be turned over. 
somebody's going to say or write or whatever and say, God is a God of love. He would never do those things. Well, listeners, huh? He has done those things. Sodom and Gomorrah would be an example. These folks that we're talking about in, in Jeremiah is an example. And that's why he is giving you and me opportunity after opportunity to make things right. God is, is a just God of wrath, and he's simply not tolerant of sin. If he is as tolerant, like that indulgent grandfather, uh, then why have the cross? Jesus needs to ask uh, for, for uh, God to you know, re- repent and forgive him. He needs an apology type thing. There's, there's just simply a day that when we, we're all going to find out we simply can't live the life that stenches up the nostrils of God without facing his righteous judgment. The Lord says then that from the they left from the day they left Egypt until that time that, until now he has sent them prophets to them and they have rebelled they've refused to listen they have, they just became more stubborn and sinful than their ancestors were and so God will tell Jeremiah to repeat all of this until the people do not expect them to listen anymore they're just going to uh, rebel completely now I, I know how jeremiah feels i've often spoken to people who just simply refuse to acknowledge their sin even in the church that's been true and as a result they simply don't want to hear the lord's message in countless times uh, i've stood before a congregation filled with lost people who needed to hear the mercy of god and and their rebellion but yet they just reject mercy, grace, and the salvation that God is offering to all of us. Maybe you've heard the message repeatedly and continue to reject God's great offer, God's gift of Jesus to you. And I hope if you're listening that you realize that this is in his word, his message, uh, he's reaching out multiple times and the bible shows this and says this his his message is full of grace and and long suffering and he gives you and me uh, and i'm thankful for that as a sinner one more opportunity each and every day and i pray that you will realize there is a a balm and gilead today for us and so we're going to pause and stop there. Uh, we're at the 30-minute mark, and I think that's probably a safe place to stop. And we will pick up this next week. I certainly hope and pray that you have a great week. Pray for us as we continue to do, to do everything we can to put this podcast out. Uh, we have a lot on our home front here. We certainly need prayers uh, and your help in any way that you may be able and willing to do. Again, thank you for listening. Please join us next week as we continue this. We will start next week in in Jeremiah chapter 8. So if you'd like to read ahead, that would be great. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you. And may he always have the glory.